Check one, two. Good. Let me loudly slurp some water. Oh, that was a bit. I almost choked. I think you're being a little too real now. I know it's a podcast, but can you rein it in a little? (laughs) Hey, it's Sean, and it's uh, good to be back here on What's New Now. Thanks for listening in. So this new episode is going to kick off a series of X1039 DJs interviewing each other, okay? So I thought it'd be cool to just find out more about each one of us, and we're usually the ones doing the interviewing, so wouldn't it be fun to be interviewed? And I wanted to kick it all off with Crowley. Crowley is our morning show host. He's also the production director for X1039 and 94.3 Kilo, I've known Crowley, or I call him Andy, since uh, about 2006. So it's a lot of years. Let's jump right into it. It's uh, my conversation with Crowley. Oh boy, this one's interesting. Buckle up. Do you want me to call you Andy or Crowley or Mr. Crowley? I just, uh, you know, it's like I always said, uh, I go by Crowley, but it's Mr. to my friends. Okay, so I'm going to call you Andy. (laughs) Okay, that's cool. (laughs) Hey, welcome to What's New Now. You've been on this podcast where as a host. I I have, I've been, but I've never been on the other side of this getting interviewed. This is one of those, I may as well say it like this. I've told you this like eight times already, but (laughs) I feel like creatives or people that are full of themselves spend Uh an inordinate amount of time intermittently imagining themselves getting interviewed. Right. And so now I've got, my entire life's worth of thoughts about things I would say when I when getting interviewed to try to throw down here. So okay, let's go ahead and plan. On I'm going to f- keep it as boring as possible. Let's go ahead and plan a four hour podcast here. <laughs> we'll scratch the surface. I want to tell you a story real quick. Okay. Um, when it was like in 2006 when I moved to Kansas with my whole my whole pack, Wolf Pack, mm-hmm. and um, I got hired on as promotions director of the. NBC Manhattan Broadcasting Cluster, right? Mm-hmm. Morning show, big deal. We were launching a new morning show. This was a really exciting time for me, right? Yeah. And it wasn't very long after I started there and was settling in and feeling like I was falling into my role, which was the token minority, <laughs> the edgiest person in the building. And the I, one with they, ta- put, they launched a billboard with my face on it. You're the you one know? with visible tattoos yeah. out there. There like, was just a lot of things going for me in that yeah. moment, right? And then one day, I think it was within that year probably, our boss and my morning show partner, Corey Dean, uh, said, hey, I want you to look at something. Come check this out. And it was an application. And he's like, just read it. And I, I looked it over and I knew in that moment... <laughs> That someone was about to come in and steal my thunder. (laughs) And it was you. That is uh, how far back I go with you and, of course, our working relationship. It wasn't very long after that that you got a job and uh, they threw you right into, what, nights? Yeah. It was, uh, I was surprised by how quickly I got thrown on a nights because I think it was, I got hired in May and I think by fall, like by September, a dude left and there was some shuffling and stuff. So So that is how your radio career started. So what I've always been curious about, and I don't think we've ever gotten into it, is what were you doing and what was in your (laughs) right mind to go, man, I'd really like to be on the radio. Man, oh, this this will probably turn into a long story. First of all, uh, I want to thank you for telling that resume story 
because <laughs> it's about the 800th time I've heard it, but it was mostly from our general manager. Like, that was my claim to fame back at the last place was like, hey, it's the funny resume guy. Yeah. And I was like, but dog, I've done a lot of stuff since then. Like, you can put, yeah. you can, you can introduce me well, outside. It's a good the- lesson on how to make an impact on, yeah. you know, when you're trying to get a job, well, and especially so in this business. So, the, the reason I did that, um, partly because I'm just, I can't, you know, I'm irrepressible as a person. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't tone it down ever, but like I was working fast food at the time, just doing drive through and let me back up a little bit from there, actually. So it was crazy because I think it was the first day in my new college town when I moved to go to college. I was scanning through the radio stations and I was a big fan of the band The Cult my senior year of high school and I didn't hear them on the radio very much, which... To me, they were like this tiny indie band that no one had ever heard of. I didn't really know they were this. They were huge in the 80s. When you but come they from just, a small town, that's how it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't hit up to like Motley Crue level or anything. Um, so I was surprised to hear. I mean, it's Firewoman. It's a huge hit. But I was surprised to hear it on this station called K-Rock. Um, and I was like, oh, damn. This is now my radio station. Um, I then started listening to Loveline. Oh, God, I loved Loveline so much. Yeah. I had a friend at the time. We would like hang out after work and do things that are only legal here in Colorado and listen to Loveline. It was awesome. Um, And so I had a a love for that radio station. Um, Mm -hmm. But I did kind of, it was weird because I took it in more passively. I think there was, there was a radio TV and a radio and TV class in high school that I kind of thought about taking, um, but never did. But that was as close as I ever was like interested in radio. So fast forward to, I'm taking this class um, and there's a girl in this class who was like a sorority girl, really pretty. And I was always surprised she talked to me at all. Like I was just such a, a nerdy loser in high school and stuff. So, but I would chat her up and she worked at the radio station and I would, you know, tell her like, I, I think that's awesome. Like that's mm-hmm. always seemed like a really cool job. Um, and she just came in one day and she was like, Hey, I talked to my boss about you. He said to put in a resume and being that I was working in fast food at the time, I was like, what, what the hell am I going to put on a resume? What the fuck do I and I pretty much went with that. I was like, okay, well, I guess how does my uh, fast food career help a potential radio career? So I was like, well, I'm on the drive through and I do stupid ass voices on it and some other stuff. I don't know. It was really just like, I assumed I wasn't going to get the job. I thought it was yeah. stu- like, so it was, I had fun with it and I guess that worked. Did you think like it was going to be just a better job than being in fast food? Yeah. And, but well, what I'm saying is, did you expect it to turn into a, this long running no. career? I had no idea, no um, intention whatsoever. I mean, you're I was an English major. I was right? an English major. I yeah. still plan to write the great American novel and right. become a bestseller. Yeah. But like, I thought it'd be a fun college job that where mm-hmm. I could finally not be ashamed when I told somebody where I worked. And I thought, like, you know, I talk a lot. That's this. This could be a pretty natural thing. But yeah, it 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 never occurred to me that I would stick around. Also, on that note, it didn't occur to me that I would stay. In that college town for 18 years. <laughs> uh, or that I was going to be in Kansas for, like, I hated Kansas. Yeah. I think it's a testament to how much I love doing radio and uh, how much I liked being uh, the people I worked with at the last place, how much yeah. I liked working there. And you had I some opportunities so to move up and stuff like yeah. that. So with that, I want to <laughs> kind of bring it all to you being on the morning show now on X1039 because back in the day during that time and mm-hmm. in I know you moved up over the years, but like it was such a struggle, right, to get out of nights for you because you were you were a threat. Like they really thought, oh, man, 
if we move him anywhere out of nights, he's going to kill this radio station single-handedly. <laughs> like, how does that feel to have that edge and to know... I think you're one of the most harmless people that I know. So it's wild. I, it used to be wild to me. I really would be like, hey, I think we need to put him on afternoons. Like, I think it'd be really huge. He's already built up this fan base. Like, it would be huge to put you on afternoons. And it was quite a fight because they really thought you were going to bring the FCC <laughs> and the whole world down and burn the building down. <laughs> and it was quite the opposite, of course. So... Um, Here's the thing, though. I don't feel like that was terribly wrong. Yeah. Because I have. <laughs> but I feel like as you got more responsibilities, yeah. you learned that there was a lot more responsibility oh, yeah. with those positions, right? So how weird is it now, though, to be in what is maybe back in the day it was cool to be edgy in the mornings. But now yeah. there's this sort of like, no, you got to be responsible and whatever. So how does it feel like to have to rein it in and... You know, and be hosting a morning show and greeting people. One, you're not even a morning person on top of that. Oh, so. boy, yeah. Well, and that was even part of, I think, I feel like that was at least part of the reason why I was kept on nights for so long is because it's like, what if this guy sleeps in if we put him on middays or something? Like, he yeah, won't be able sure. to be here at 10 a.m., yeah. which I resented, but was honestly true for a long time. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but so I'll say, yeah, it was a huge adjustment to not a huge because, I mean, I was coming to work at 8 a.m. and everything. Um, even while I was doing, it's still just a different here. animal. Even if it's two, three yeah. hours earlier, it's crazy, right? It's it's crazy how much different it feels. How much earlier you have to go to bed and everything. The raining it in part, I hate to say it, like I actually kind of enjoy that. I've tried to do that as I go along with my radio career. One thing I heard a long time ago was, uh, "Beware the man who says he has ten years of experience, but really has one year of experience repeated ten times." <laughs> um, so I good. always want to be trying to challenge myself and doing new things. It's kind of in that in that vein of like, you know, it gets boring just doing the same thing mm -hmm. over and over. Mm -hmm. So it's always nice to learn to do new things, whether it's learning to wake up early or learning not to be making uh, dildo jokes all the time, you know? <laughs> That's it's like the I read a study about uh, swearing a while back, which says we we know you've seen the studies that like swearing actually has pain reduction qualities if mm -hmm. you like hurt yourself, but only if you don't swear all the time. That's actually something our last boss taught me too, but like um, you lose the impact of something that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. So like if you're willing to say dirty jokes, if that becomes an exception or like if you're a person that does that's quiet all the time mm -hmm. and then one time you yell, people will notice, people will be paying yeah, attention. Pay whereas attention. if you yell all the time, it doesn't. It's just it's just background noise. So like that's something I've thought about too. Do you think that radio is dying? No, God no. I will say, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have existential fears of it all the time. <laughs> so do but, I. But I mean it yeah. goes along with also I'm afraid of being fired in any given moment. You know, that's yeah. just that's it might just, die for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's just anxiety. It's it, not like That's from, any any industry anymore. Yeah. Yes. So any real direct advice for someone who's thinking about getting into radio? It's becoming a smaller, I think, group that mm -hmm. may want to get into it. But that's good because yeah. then the talent pool is small. And it gives you more opportunity to show off or yeah. be someone different or stand out. And it's helpful because it kind of self-filters, right? A little right. bit in that like when radio was really massive, you would have you could kind of question the motivation of people that right. wanted to get into radio. You're not sure if they're just in it for the 
for money, for fame or whatever. Their own attention. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I have general advice, definitely something I think about a lot. Look, anybody can be taught talent. Don't even stress about talent. Talent is a dime a dozen, okay? Um, Enthusiasm for what you do, wanting to be here, caring, that goes the entire distance. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how many people I've worked with that don't care. You know, like, it's awesome to work on a radio station, man. Dude, I've worked, I've had to do stuff on country stations, on adult (laughs) contemporary. And we have two awesome formats here in our building. And, like, to see people that are... That come in and are like super blasé about it. It's like, dude, you don't know how good you have it. Yeah, it's it's lame, right? So, so it's, it's yeah. lame to see that. I mean, this goes for honestly any job, but having enthusiasm for what you do, wanting to learn, showing that you want to learn, volunteering mm-hmm. to do things. I mean, this is just general good career advice too. Mm-hmm. Make your boss's life easier, mm-hmm. and and you'll go far, man. I back that. I second that. <laughs> Thanks, boss. Second that emotion. All right, so. <laughs> What's your biggest regret? I feel bad for saying this. I wish I would have left Kansas a lot earlier. I wish I, uh, and I, that's only like half a regret because God, I love the people I work with and I did really great things. I got to become a program director twice, Mm -hmm. um, mostly because being a little bit older and moving to a new place, it's like. You forget how to make friends and how to do things. And I'm like, sure. I, I kind of wish, because I, I feel like I want to stay in Colorado for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have come here a little bit earlier to kind of set up life. When but it was cheaper. When it was cheaper. <laughs> um, just some bonus questions. Cool. Like some flavor here. Favorite color? Cerulean blue. Okay. But probably more teal, but I just like saying cerulean blue. Oh, yes. Well, that's so pretentious of you. It is. Okay. But it's, it is uh, as beautiful. What is that? What blue is that? So it's like a, it's like a, I think it's slightly green, but it's like a really soothing shade of blue. And what I like about it, it's it's cool because it's a, the color is as soothing as saying the word cerulean. Uh, blonde or brunette? Or redhead. Oh, brunette. I, okay. I mean, I'm I'm borderline. Okay. I never was a You're full goth, goth kid, kid but yeah. it, at heart I'm a goth kid. But here's the thing. Let me tell you what my real favorite hair color is, and that's the hair color of any girl that's willing to spend time with me. <laughs> Bless her for being there, man. Um, I guess that's it, Andy. Uh, thanks for letting me into your mind, although there was nothing shocking in anything that came out in this conversation. That's, that's I'm not a very good interviewer, I guess, because I didn't manage to get anything tearjerker out, you know, or anything yeah. like that. Well, you didn't make me watch the movie Spider-Man 2, so I'm not going to cry. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's kind of the secret about me, I think, it, like, is I very much come across as a super weird dude give this impression mm-hmm. of like, oh man, that guy must throw some wild parties. There must be some crazy right. ass shit going on in his head. Right. When really like I just want to go home and put on sweatpants and just really, like I'm so boring. My personality is really just this facade. What character in a movie do you identify with most? Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Really? No. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I get com- I get compared that to that sense. dude in Empire Records a lot. Uh, definitely. So I'll let me throw one more. It's because it's not a single character, but it is a character type. I don't like how I identify with it. Uh huh. But it bothers me how close I am to it. You know the manic pixie dream girl phenomenon, yes. right? Every time a manic pixie dream girl shows up, she is teaching a sad male white writer that life isn't <laughs> so bad. Every movie. <laughs> Every movie, and it's so 
so obvious it's that screenwriter writing his dream girl in there. Like, that's why it's set up. It's like, oh, this is how I wish my life was. And I just feel way, like, I hate how close I am to that lonely writer. It's like, I, it's such an obvious trope. I hate it when I see it. But I'm like, if that had never been done before, I totally would write myself a Manic Pixie dream girl love story. Well, there you go. If you're a Manic Pixie dream girl out there. <laughs> Looking for your knight in shining armor. Don't come to Crowley. Also, my suit of armor is being repaired right now, so I can't, (laughs) I will not be able to protect you.